to First Cats Chats, a First Cats podcast. First Cats is a first-generation college student community at the University of Arizona. On this podcast, we will discuss topics and resources that are pertinent to the first-gen experience. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our show. everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of First Cats Chats, a First Cats podcast. My name is Allison Roscon. I am a First Cats community coordinator here and I'll also be hosting our first episode. So today we're going to talk a little bit about the programs that are available for first-gen students here at the Thrive Center. We have Martel Serwenda, who's the coordinator of First Cats Initiatives, Ana Maria Navoa, who's the coordinator of First Cats Mentoring, and Camio Davis, who's the program coordinator of TRIO. We're gonna start with First Cats initiatives. So Martel, can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and the work you do with First Cats initiatives? Yeah, uh, thank you for having me on uh, this very, very first podcast. It's, I'm excited to have this launch and be an opportunity for other folks to hear from fellow First Cats and things that are happening. Uh, across campus and in the community. Said so my name is Martel and I'm the coordinator for First Cats Initiatives. In this role, really working with Allison and our other wonderful team members, uh, we coordinate our campus-wide initiatives, uh, trying to connect um, and create a space for the first-gen community to come together and, and be with one another. So we do that through this very podcast uh, and a couple other programs uh, that some of you probably have gotten involved in, such as First Cats Wednesday, annual First Cats Mixer as well. Great. So what kind of opportunities can students seek out within First Cats initiatives? I know it's changed a lot since we went virtual since the pandemic. So how have things changed and what opportunities are still available for students in these virtual settings? Yeah, so definitely anybody really from campus or in the community can uh, participate in our programming. Like so First Cast Wednesday, which is a monthly event. And the next one is on March 17th in collaboration with the DCC from five to six. And it's kind of opportunity for folks to get together. If they want, they can even reach out and appear on this podcast uh, as well. You can reach us our the website, our website, firstcast.arizona.edu through our email, uh, firstcast.arizona.edu and some other things that we are offering. But I can reach out and connect with our community coordinators and have some like one-on-one interactions uh, with folks. Uh, we're also running our graduate school and workforce preparation workshop series for those who will be graduating soon that they're prepared and feel confident uh, with what life after college looks like. So we have a series that will be running mid-March, starting mid-March. So if folks want to join, you can check our newsletter or email me and we can definitely try to add them. And I'll say in this particular semester, we'll also continue to celebrate our graduates. For those of you graduating soon, we know you, we see you, and we will celebrate you, however that looks like. Definitely our Calendly links can be found on the website and they can connect with anyone on our team, do some one-on-one 
interactions, peer mentoring. Our team is trained and equipped to support folks in that way. Pro staff, uh, myself, we can meet, work on your resume, personal statements. That's kind of like the some of the main things that we are offering. Awesome. Yeah, great. I think it's so important to build community in a time where we can all feel so isolated, especially as first-gen students. It's so nice to know there's a community of support here and there's always a place to go, event to attend, or a workshop to go through when we're all in a virtual setting on our computers. So now we're going to talk a little bit about First Cats Mentoring with Ana Maria. What is First Cats Mentoring? All right, so a little bit about First Cats Mentoring. Um, it's focused on supporting students in their first and second year as they're transitioning into this, this institution, exploring what's available for them, figuring out how they're best at succeeding or figuring things out for themselves too. There's a lot going on during those first two years when you're entering college and peer mentoring, you know, there's studies showing that there's benefits to this. So I won't dive deep into the studies, but what we see works is joining someone their first and second year in their journey with resources, information, and just, you know, daily check-ins. So I'll dive deep into how we are structured. For the first year, students are paired with a peer mentor who is also a first cat in their sophomore, junior, senior level. And you meet bi-weekly for individual meetings where will get to, you know, check in about how you're getting involved on campus, how you are making the best out of your time, studying, figuring things out, meeting with professors, things like that. In addition to the individual bi-weekly meetings, you are also invited to join community in workshops. So these workshops are also set to happen bi-weekly, and you get to meet other students who are in their first year. So we space that out through the semester, total of six individual meetings, six workshops, where we hope that by having those interactions throughout the semester, you get to ask questions, share knowledge, gain knowledge, and meet people who are also, you know, in the community of First Cat. For the second year, we continue with meeting with a peer mentor and workshops, but we reduce the frequency. Um, what I mean by that is you can expect or look forward to meet with your peer mentor monthly, so, you know, more bi-weekly meetings. And in these monthly meetings, again, you're checking in, keeping track of meeting requirements, learning more about like resources for second year students, things to look forward to in the future too. So that's how we're structured. Again, the peer mentors for your sophomore year or second year at U of A are students who are junior and senior level. And we really try to just continue that bond of like, there's someone here rooting for you, someone here who's going to share knowledge and someone who values you in the first cap community um, and we really try to engage and invite the mentoring folks to also you know join the larger first cap community by engaging in the first cap initiatives event first cap wednesdays and the mixer event and then letting them know that maybe for their junior or third year onward journey at the u of a they might not have a peer mentor but they can look forward to still connecting with the First Cats community coordinator since you all are great resources to them. They continue on. This year, it's a year like no other. 
students who are in their first year, they haven't been able to come to the U of A. So by joining peer mentoring, they get to have a sort of community that they check in more frequently. We invite students to check out this opportunity to have a buddy system type of deal where they can count on someone to share resources. You know, friendly reminders like, did you check in with your academic advisor? Your classes, your, you should be registering for classes. Or my favorite this week is, did you file your FAFSA? No, okay, like let's, let's get you connected with someone if you still have questions or are looking for resources for that. How students can find or more information about First Cap Mentoring is also at the First Cap uh, website. So firstcap.arizona.edu. Um, uh, the main page will just give you a brief overview of all that is available to the community. But if you scroll down, there's a section just for the First Cap Mentoring Program. Sign up now to read more about what's available in the program and then um, you can complete an intake form. And then if you don't feel like reading all of that, but you just wanna ask questions, feel free to email me directly. Um, I don't know if we'll be providing that information somewhere, but um, you can also look up my name and email me to ask direct questions. Great, thank you so much. And yeah, we definitely see how there are so many benefits to having a First Cats mentor. Um, through your work as a coordinator of First Cats Mentoring, how have you seen these students in their first and second year grow? Do you have any interesting stories that you want to share? Yeah, so I, I've just been lucky to, you know, be overseeing the mentoring program for three years now. So um, I'm going to get emotional. But we have a peer mentor who's in their senior year now, and they started with First Cats as a participant their first year in college. And uh, their name is Phoenix. And uh, Phoenix did the first year component, and she enjoyed the community so much that she was like, I also want to share knowledge. I also want to join someone else's journey when they start their first year. So um, they became a peer mentor their sophomore year, and they've been a, a peer mentor since. Um, so that's just like one story of the many of like how we see peer mentoring impacting and, you know, adding to people's journey. Um, I'll share that we try to support students their first year and continue on with them their second year. And that's when we see a little bit more of the whole um, like engagement in more clubs or just feeling more confident that they know that if they have a question, there's someone who's gonna answer it. So reducing a little bit of that anxiety of like figuring college out, I would say is, is one of the things that I have seen. Um, especially with this last semester, we, you know, we did a little survey to ask how students were feeling in the program, what they would recommend for us to focus on this semester. And the main thing is they enjoy the workshop setting because they get to hear from other people in a non-classroom setting and they can just, you know, be a little silly with the icebreakers or um, they know that they'll learn something new or share or be able to share something that they know too. Um, so they enjoy that, that setting because it's been hard to meet people or just interact outside of a classroom academic setting um, through Zoom, right? Um, then the last thing I'll mention is the peer mentors, I might be biased, right? But the peer mentors are awesome. They, they're students themselves too, and they, they connect with the students at 
in, in ways that I as a coordinator can't because one, I'm not a student anymore and I'm also, you know, a little older, but these, these peer mentors um, care about their students that they get to join in their journey and they continue, you know, connecting after their first and second years. So um, there's, there's students who, who keep thinking about their peer mentors or connecting with them after, you know, the peer mentoring connection is completed. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is just, especially right now that we are not able to meet with students or connect with them, it's really great to, um, to see the students invested in continuing their meetings, continuing to attend workshops. Um, so you can see their engagement in um, our group meeting where they're sharing knowledge, um, they have like interactions here and there where they're like, okay, somebody like just give me some approaches to better like to improve my time management. I bought a planner and it's just sitting there. What do, what do you do to make sure that you're using it right? So we found different ways to keep connected and share knowledge. Um, and I just think like that wouldn't happen, you know, unless we were in this peer mentoring kind of um, community too. Yeah, that's so great to hear that you all have adapted and found different ways to um, build community and find that same community in a pandemic with those group me's and those virtual meetings. I think that's so nice. And it's also so inspiring to hear that many of the mentees do go on to be peer mentors in the future. So that's always nice to hear and good to see because they can share their experience when they were in those student shoes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it's, it's something that I think like keeps keeps me excited as a coordinator too. Um, when we see that investment in students, they're like, I don't just want to be a participant. I need to get engaged. I want to share knowledge um, and they want to give back to FirstCast. So um, it's, I consider myself lucky to be able to see um, those connections created and that desire to like give back also. Yes, that seems so rewarding. Well, I'm so glad we got to learn a little bit more about First Cats Mentoring. And we will link all of the resources that we talked about in the show notes at the very end. So if you're interested in applying for a First Cats Mentor or learning more about the program, you can always go there. So now we're gonna talk a little bit about TRIO. So we have Cameo Davis here. What is TRIO? So um, TRIO is a grant funded program and it's funded by the Department of Education. Um, so it's designed to provide services for students and I use quotes with disadvantaged backgrounds because I hate that wording but I like to look at it as students who don't normally get these services or resources because of their background. So if you're a first generation college student, you don't have parents or family members to be able to help guide you through that process. And so that's what TRIO is here for. Or if you're a low income student, you can't necessarily afford um, certain types of tutoring or things like that. And that's what TRIO is here for. So in a nutshell, that's that's what TRIO, um, TRIO does. And of course, a lot of what's been said um, from Martel and Ana Maria about that sense of belonging and creating community um, through providing academic development, assisting with basic college requirements, um, and just serving as that, that motivation 
peace. Um, and we're also with you throughout your entire journey, your entire college journey. And TRIO actually um, can start with you in high school too. Um, so there's some high schools that have TRIO programs as well. And then TRIO is also at the community college level. Yes, that program longevity is so nice to have, having a program that like continues, continues with you. So you have that community and you can keep on building and keep on forming those connections and making them those networks get stronger. So you touched on this a little bit, but can you tell me more about the benefits of TRIO? Yeah, so um, as I mentioned, which I feel like I jumped the gun, <laughs> I was distracted. Recording podcasts on computers is, is hard. <laughs> um, but yeah, we provide a lot of those resources that students don't normally, um, can't normally get or reach or even know about. I think that's the biggest thing is, they don't know about these resources because college camps, for the most part, college campuses do provide a lot of free resources. But if you've never been to college or been on a campus, you don't know how to get to those resources. So I think that's the first step um, is TRIO is helping our students find those resources. But we also, I think the biggest benefit for me is just creating that community of folks who look like you and who have the same experiences and backgrounds as you. Because it's also hard when you go to a university let's say like the University of Arizona, which is a predominantly white institution, as someone who looks like me, I was never a student there, but I did also attend a PWI. But as someone who looks like me coming to a college campus with 50,000 plus students, and there's not a whole lot that look like me, that can be hard. It can cause things like imposter syndrome, make it feel like you don't, you don't belong. Um, you never really find your your space or your sense of community. And I think TRIO also helps with that because we do bring students together um, that do come from those backgrounds. Um, and it's more than just a racial identity. So it's those first generation college students, low income and students with documented disabilities. Um, it can be hard for all of those different students to navigate a college campus. And so um, TRIO allows us to bring all those folks together to go through that journey together and to also be matched with peer mentors, just like um, my colleagues have just talked about. We actually are using their peer mentors. So <laughs> everything they said, <laughs> ditto. Um, and so having someone who is currently going through college to help navigate you um, and someone who can talk about their experiences, as well as our staff, our staff are full time, not students, but we've also we also all come from those same similar backgrounds. And I think that's great, too, because um, we can connect with the students as well about our college experiences. Perfect. Yeah, that sounds like a great way to find other students who share your identity and you're able to like, you know, make a really big institution feel smaller and feel like you have like these networks of support really close to you. So how can students find out if they qualify for TRIO and apply for TRIO if they do qualify? Yeah, so uh, you can totally visit our website, which is a part of the Thrive website. So if you just go to um, thrive.arizona.edu slash uh, trio, or if you go to the homepage, there's a little tab and it'll take you down to trio and it'll talk more in depth about the requirements or um, what it takes to qualify the application, the benefits and things like that. But you could always just fill out the application. It takes like two, three minutes. Um, we'll review and then we'll let you know if you're qualified or not. You could also email myself. Um, we have a TRIO email, which is sssTRIO at uh, e arizona.email.edu. So long. Um, 
And then um, basically if you are a first generation college student or have a disability or are low income, you will almost always qualify. So it doesn't hurt to apply. Awesome. Yes, that is great to hear. And there'll be great resources for our listeners. Like I said, we'll give you all this information in the show notes. So you'll be able to visit those websites that we talk about. So we are nearing the end of our first episode. So I wanted to close it up with asking all of you one fun question just to end the show on a nice note. So if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? We will start with Martel. Uh, I love superpowers. Like I read comics on a regular basis, but coincidentally, my favorite hero doesn't have any superpowers. Uh, But if I was to choose, uh, I'll go with some X-Men characters. I like Storm's uh, powers, especially the ability to control the weather and like lightning. Uh, That is always uh, a good power. And plus Storm is like practically a black goddess. Like who wouldn't want that kind of power? So yeah, that would be my choice. That is such a good choice. That's so unique too. I did not think I would have like thought of that at first, but yes. I love that answer. Okay. And Ana Maria. Uh, let's see. So I'm thinking of vision, but I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. Just the ability to be able to think something and make my computer doing it, like do it right away without me having to like type it or anything. Like if I'm like email this student about this and it's just like, I wish I could do that. I don't know what that's called. Um, but yeah, I'm thinking vision can do that for my limited knowledge of vision superhero ability. <laughs> Have any of you all watched WandaVision, the Disney Plus show? Oh. I keep hearing very good things about it. I don't do superhero stuff, but I, <laughs> I might have to watch it. It's pretty good. Yeah, one of the characters can do that. So I was thinking of that. I don't know what it's called though either, but that makes sense. Yeah, very, very helpful superpower. What do you think, um, I don't know why I just jumped to flying and I think it's because I always dream that I can fly. Like I have reoccurring dreams that I fly <laughs> and I think there's a lot of convenience with flying and you'll save so much money <laughs> on flights and whatnot and you can avoid traffic and get to places faster. Um, so yeah, I think I will fly. Probably doesn't help the students too much, but <laughs> well, I can get to meetings on time. There you go. <laughs> really can like change the weather, have classes canceled. <laughs> a snow day in Arizona. But we're not doing that. Uh, <laughs> I know, we just have classes on Zoom though. So is it even any that much better? Yeah, those are all really good answers. Oh, yes. So, okay, we have um, changing the weather. We have um, being able to like control things with your mind. And then we have flying. I don't know. I think I would pick shape-shifting. I've always like really, really been interested in like the idea of like turning into like a different animal, like being a cheetah who can like run really fast or like being like a bird who can fly. I guess that's kind of cheating because that's like multiple powers, but 
I would love to shapeshift. I think that seems like the coolest thing ever. <laughs> so thank you all for agreeing to be guests on our show. It was so nice to hear from you all and learn a little bit more about the programs that you coordinate. Yeah, this is great. Thank you for having us. It's, I have heard peer mentors and other community coordinators in the past be like, oh, wouldn't it be cool to have a podcast? So to see it, you know, be able to to be joining it too for its first um, podcast session. It's awesome. So keep up the great work. Great. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. So this marks the end of our first podcast, first episode of First Cats Chats. I'll see you all next month. Bye. And that's our show. Thank you so much for joining us today. And remember to join us every month for a new episode. All of the resources we talked about today will be linked in the show notes. And if you want to learn more about Frisk Cats, visit thrive.arizona.edu slash first dash cats. You can also engage with us on social media at UA First Cats. Have a great day and bear down.